0: Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, my work in the vault will be done. Wait, that's not how it goes. Religious financial solutions help empower and connect people to a deeper meaning through purpose-centered financial planning. After listening to this story, you could agree with me that Francine Franklin found her purpose. Some people believe that happiness lies in the possession of more money. While some enjoy the craft of earning it, others find thrill in the creative efforts to steal it. You're listening to Nickel and Crime, a true crime podcast that tells the real accounts of insidious bank and financial corruptions. Out of respect for the innocent, the names have been changed. At the request of our curious minds, the rest will be told exactly as it occurred. Many holy books, including the Bible, Quran, Torah, and more have verses and excerpts surrounding money, wealth, and possessions. The Bible, for example, has more than 2,500 references. Some are inspirational about living a life full of purpose, and others shed light that money can lead to greed and unruly behavior. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world? and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? This is about possessions. This is about stuff. Money. Houses, books, computers. Land. Businesses. Suppose your heart considers the worth of God. Faith-centered financial institutions have a mission statement to help people find solutions that free them of debt and help them save their money so that they can focus on their true purpose. Francine Franklin was a part of the management team at a religious financial institution nestled in the largest suburban area of Tennessee. She managed daily operations as well as lending decisions and ordering cash which allowed her access to the institution's vault. Francine was hired 10 years before her crimes started. She not only worked at the bank, but practiced her faith at the religious organization that it was intertwined with. Customers of the bank were also her fellow parishioners, her friends and her neighbors. When we say manage daily operations, Francine's role didn't always require her to interact with customers directly. Rather, she worked behind the scenes. She helped minimize risk for the bank while maximizing the experience for the customer. For example, she helped issue loans, evaluate credit risks, resolve disputes, and maintain privacy for sensitive financial transactions. She had an all-access pass to the processing of day-to-day transactions and where the money moved within the bank. One of the biggest drivers that holds people back from living a happy life, according to psychologist Ashley Willens, who surveyed thousands of the wealthiest people in the world, is believing that money will enrich their lives rather than time. As she states, focusing on chasing wealth is a trap, because it leads only to an increased focus on chasing wealth. Was that the story of Francine Franklin? Was she tempted by the green apple of money that was at her fingertips every day? For nine years, Francine stole money from her employer. She lived a double life. She helped the members, who are also her friends, find their purpose, save their money, and relinquish their debt. All while behind their back, she pocketed the cash that these customers trusted her with keeping safe. And it all started with the vault. A capsulated room with armored walls, stainless steel door, and complex combination lock. Modern vaults are now equipped with a slew of alarms, anti-theft devices, and security measures as criminals have become savvier with cracking them open. A vault is intended to keep money, valuables, and documents safe, but only if the master of the code operates in good faith. In the fall of 2016, Francine made a decision that would go against her beliefs and values, and ultimately haunt her indefinitely. Because modern vaults are tested against different types of break-in methods like picking tools, mechanical or electric tools, pressure applying devices or torches, the easiest way to steal from a vault is to have insider access or the combination. Vaults are also timed. So when a vault door is open, there is between 15 to 120 minutes to access its contents, depending on the vault type and rating. Banks leave enough cash in the vault to meet their anticipated transaction needs. Larger banks could house around $200,000 or more, while smaller banks, like Francine's, house around $50,000 or less. One evening in late fall 2016, Francine placed the teller cash drawers inside the vault, a seemingly regular activity as part of the leadership role at the bank. However, now she looked at the bands of bills inside and decided to steal the money within them. According to court documents, she replaced larger bills, like $20 and $50 bills, within the bands with $1 bills making it look like each band was filled with the correct amount of money. Typically, a brown strap would contain $5,000 comprised of $150 bills. But with Francine's engineering, it now consisted of $198. She was clever. She was banking on concealing, preying on the fact that busy financial institution employees often only bundle count the safe. Over time, she stole $47,409 in cash from the vault using this method. This type of crime is called embezzlement, in which a person or entity intentionally steals the assets entrusted to them. We're going to pause from the story to share a few words from early warning. Do you have a fear of abandonment? You're not alone. Many financial institutions suffer from high abandonment rates during new account opening. Verify Identity, offered by Early Warning, can enhance your new account opening strategy by quickly verifying if your customer is who they say they are, offering a seamless customer experience, all while keeping your institution protected from bad actors. For more information, visit EarlyWarning.com. Embezzling from the bank's vault wasn't enough for Francine. The daily activity of switching $50 bills with $1 bills in bands was a risky task, even for someone with the keys to the castle. Eventually, Francine moved on to a new method of theft— unauthorized credit lines. Without permission, she opened lines of credit in the names of a few of her family members, and when they were approved, increased the cards to the maximum amount without authorization from the bank. She was able to do this because of her insider access as an employee. She then took out cash advances on the lines of credits and transferred the funds to either her personal account or an account that she controlled. She ultimately stole approximately $167,312 this way. According to her plea deal documents, Francine admitted to covering up this method by applying her master administration code to hide or lock the account she was accessing. That way, her colleagues wouldn't be able to see her activity. Throughout the FBI documents, it's not stated why Francine stole the money or what she was using it for. As a wife, friend, and faithful servant of God, we must assume that her fraudulent actions were weighing on her moral compass. However, the direction she took next was, well, south. The year that Francine started working at the bank, a retired colleague of hers passed away. Following the employee's death, We'll call him George. There was a glitch in the system, and he continued to receive his pension payouts. According to the FBI records, for two years following George's death, Francine transferred the pension payments to her account, equaling $27,435. She did this without notifying anyone, especially not George's family. She explained in her plea that she hid this embezzlement by entering misleading information about the transfers, including moving the funds to accounts with the names of her family members, or by withdrawing the money in cash. These actions would hide where the money was going. She again used her administration code to lock this account from other bank employees seeing what she was doing. After embezzling a total of $242,156 from her employer, Francine resigned, hoping that her ill will would stay locked in the vault. Her supervisor, however, so grew suspicious of her abrupt resignation without reason and decided to look closer at the branch's activity. They launched an internal investigation that revealed, quote, the misappropriation of loan proceeds and other alleged illegal acts," end quote. From there, the FBI took over the investigation and indicted Francine for embezzlement. She faced 30 years in prison and a $1 million fine for her actions. After pleading guilty and taking a deal with the prosecutors, Francine was sentenced to 27 months in federal prison and was ordered to pay $242,156 in restitution, the exact amount she ultimately stole. You could say Francine has a guardian angel after receiving a lesser sentence. As stated in a letter to the court, Francine expressed remorse for hurting people and was accepting of the consequences she faced. She lived a double life for nine years working in the financial institution. Quote, not one single person on earth had any idea this life I was living, end quote. Together we pray, in the name of preventing fraud. This episode is brought to you by Early Warning, a leader in technology that helps protect and advance the financial system, as well as the network operator of Zelle.